From Nashville, Tennessee, it's the weekly Grace Church Nashville podcast. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at Grace Church Nash and use the hashtag located in the podcast description. And now here's Lyndall Cooler with this week's message. I want you to turn to the Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 14. And when I said it's a thought, it's a thought. Um, I have been mentally just, do you ever just um, meditate? Do you just meditate on anything? You know, that's okay. I'm, I don't do the, um, um, that, that, I know. But the Bible talks about meditating on the word. Do you really do that? I don't know that a lot of Christians do that. I think they read it, but they don't meditate on it. The scripture instructs us to meditate on it day and night, right? And that means to kind of lean into that passage and see yourself in the passage and see all of the parallels of that passage other than just reading it. Like this passage in John 1.14, we read all the time and pass over it. Read it with me. And the Word became flesh. Come on, everybody read it with me. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I've been leaning into the Christmas story, and I'm not a... I preached on Christmas last week, and I... I, I, I I didn't really mention the most, one of the most important, Jesus, of course, is the most important figure in the story. But one of the most important and significant people next to Christ himself is his mother. You know, we have a great fear of Catholicism in Protestant churches. So we rarely mention Mary because we're afraid that we might look like we're Catholic. But that's really not scriptural. And it's really not scriptural to only mention Mary once a year. Because it's really, the Bible says that everywhere that her name is mentioned, she'll be remembered for what she did. And you have to understand, this girl could have been between 14 and 16 years old when Gabriel met her and said, God wants to use you, Mary. See, I don't think we understand that either. Now, work with me here a little bit. I'm extemporaneous today. Larry knows that's dangerous. But work with me a minute in this story. Think through this story with me. Let's say you're 15 years old. You're a young lady. You're a virgin. You've never had a boyfriend. You've never seen Netflix and nasty stuff. You've been protected. You've been all kind of just been helping your mom and helping your dad and helping you. You've been a very busy little person. And you're walking one day. And you walk into the presence of the Almighty. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appears before you, Gabriel. And he says, good tidings. Are you kidding? Scare me to death. Of great joy. And he goes on to tell her the most fantastic nonsensical, illogical, scandalous, controversial words that could ever be spoken. We forget that. We see little Mary and Joseph, we go, this sweet little couple, and they had a little baby, and that nice, they called him Jesus. Or as Dyson uh, 
used to say when he was little, he'd come every year to the Christmas thing and the baby's in the manger. He says, is that baby ever going to grow up? It's like, <laughs> it's always a baby. But think about this. 14, 15-year-old girl, you're going to give 17, whatever, even if, even if she's 20. The age is irrelevant. She's a virgin. And when she says these words, and this is my message today, Lord, be it unto me. Whatever you're saying, I'm in. Whatever you're speaking over my life, I'm fully in. Now, do you really think at her fragile age, she was thinking of what this really meant? That she's going to have to go out and tell people that she's pregnant but she's never been with a man? I can hear the sneers now. <laughs> they all say that. My grandmother had a saying for it too. I wish y'all could have known my grandmother. She was so salty. She was just as salty as I am except worse. My filter is pretty good. Hers didn't exist. Somebody would... Somebody would Get married, and, and it was one of those, they were already pregnant, getting married things. And, of course, the baby would come in six or seven months. And I'd say, Grandma, that baby came awful quick. She said, Oh, honey, the first one's always a little early. <laughs> Just a little early, honey. Don't worry about it. Just a little early. But here's this beautiful pure girl saying yes to ridicule saying yes to controversy but you don't understand today we have no reference for the shame that a young girl like this would bear it was so bad that her betrothed her engaged to the Jewish rules about marriage were very, very, very strict. They had to, at the wedding ceremony, I'm not going to get graphic here, but at the end of the wedding ceremony and when the consummation of the husband and wife happened, they had to bring the sheets as proof that there was a consummation and that she was pure. Or he could have her put away. And here is this girl in full bloom. And here's this precious man, Joseph, who says, baby, if the Lord spoke it to you, I'll walk it out with you. If the Lord told you, wonder if Joseph had some doubts. Because this had never happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, no boyfriend, but you got pregnant. That's nice. That's really a good idea. Well, that's, that's precious. Do you think we really believe that? Y'all hearing me? Are you in this story with me? This is what I've been uh, focusing on this week. Mary says yes to Gabriel, and it's the beginning of the advent of the Son of God coming to mankind. When God was putting together the plan. To redeem mankind. Remember, we had fallen from our original state and we had given away our dominion to the snake. We didn't just 
agree with the devil. We gave him our dominion. Is anybody here? If you read the first chapter of the Bible, you will find, or the first book of the Bible, you will find that Adam and Eve were given dominion over the trees and the, the plants and the, everything that grows and the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and every creeping thing. They were given full dominion to take care of it and be God's watchman over that thing. And in just a few minutes, a few words, listening to the devil talk, they gave it all away. And it would still be in the hands of the devil today if it weren't for Mary saying yes. You don't understand what God gave back to you through the cross. God gave back to you the authority to walk in victory, to overcome sin. To not be the old creature anymore. To not be bound to sin. To not be controlled by sin. No, you don't have to let it rule any longer. You don't have to be a slave to sin. You don't have to be a slave to alcohol. You don't have to be a slave to illicit issues. You can be free because of what Jesus gave back to you. Yes. Wow. God loves controversy. You know something I hear continually? I want you to hear this really well. I hear it all the time. Well, you know, I just don't understand why God's doing that. I thought not understanding what God's doing was part of the deal. Y'all are acting like it's an anomaly. I mean, he put it in his word, my ways are higher than your ways. I have not seen, ear hath not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared. I thought not understanding was kind of like part of the whole thing. I didn't know you were supposed to understand it. That's why all you brilliant people, you, you neuroscientists, you're neurosurgeon, and you, 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 got, you, you have so much trouble with this. Because you're trying to figure out where God came from. And you're trying to figure out how he fits in philosophy. And you're trying, but, but he's just so brilliant. Then he's looking at you going, you got to believe, dummy. <laughs> yeah, but God, tell me why and how. No, no, no. You got to believe. Does that mean you have to check your brain? No. But I can promise you, no matter how many schematics you draw, no matter how many plans you make, how many philosophy books you read, no matter how much you find, you're going to come to the end of the road and realize that it's all God. And that he has perfectly planned the whole scenario. And he's made himself a mystery. And you're still going to have to jump over the gulf of faith. And that's the difference in believers and non-believers. Every road leads to one place. To the edge of a cliff. That goes, if you believe, jump. And when you jump, see... You jump into the abyss. It looks like blackness. It looks like there's nothing down there. But when you jump into faith, the truth is there's a ledge down there just out of your vision called the rock of my salvation. He's a steady place. You just can't see him when you jump. And this is the hardest thing for humans. The more analytical we are. How many are analytical? I'm not brilliant, but I am analytical. Hey, you know what analytical people do? They make a 50 
they take a five cent problem and make it into a fifty thousand dollar issue. I promise you, they'll sit there and go, well, I don't know, and if we do this, and then I don't... They analyze it ten ways. You should have heard my brain going when I was analyzing Amber. <laughs> Before I got married, I thought, well, now what could happen? I thought of all the scenarios. Y'all didn't think like that. Y'all just, y'all smarted me. You just fell in love, got married. Not me, I analyzed it to death. And finally just got to the same edge and went, okay, I just got to jump. After I've done all the all the mathematics and all the things, and I've done all the calculations. Uh, love is a jump and no guarantees. And it's the same with following God, Jehovah. It's a jump into what looks like crazy, but beneath it is a firm foundation. And Jesus is saying, go ahead, dummy, just jump, just jump. Father's got this thing. Just trust, just trust. You follow me? This is really a good sermon. Thank you. Um, So the king of kings decides to come to earth to redeem and to to restore everything Lucifer talked Adam and Eve out of and give it back to us. Not only that, to make us kings and priests. And not only that, to give us an inheritance if we ask for it. To deliver us from the power of the evil one. My Lord, no wonder the angels were going, glory to God in the highest and on the earth, peace. Well, of course, because we're talking the Prince of Peace here. But the King of Kings decided to choose to come to earth in human form, born to a virgin. Let's just really make this just more ridiculous. Let's make it harder. It is so simple and so difficult. It's the easiest difficult thing you'll ever do is believe. Not only that, but the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who could call 10,000 angels at his right hand at any moment, who could speak to the earth and every human disappear, who could create a whole new race with one word, let it be and it will be. I mean, this is Jesus. He could do it all. Y'all understand? The Word was God and Word was with God. He was present at creation. He was speaking. Y'all, anybody here? This is the same God that said, you know what? I'm going to go redeem mankind. But in order for any of those dummies to really believe me. I'm preaching a good sermon. Y'all are still dummies. I am a dummy too. When we suffer. Where's God? Oh, don't know where he is. Why did God let this happen? That's just elementary. That's something we all ask from time to time. But hopefully as we mature in the Lord, we're smarter. And we realize that there's a why. He just didn't share it with me. And from where I'm standing, it's not a good answer. But there's a why. There's a why. I have to trust the why. I don't like the why. That's why I'm asking, why are you doing this? Well, I don't like it. But God says, I'm coming to the earth and Sheila, let's just do the thing with the virgin. And let's send an angel. Ooh. Into the most restrictive time in history. To some of the most religious people that ever existed. The Jews. And let's just really mess this all up. And let's let Jesus be born into what appears to be an illegitimate situation. 
Oh, and by the way, let's not just make it difficult by that way. Let's just make sure that it's the busiest season of the year. And let's make sure there's not a hotel because we don't want the King of glory, the Lord Almighty, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, to be born in a palace. No, no, no. Because that would make sense. No, let's, let's put his mother on a camel, full-bloom pregnant, and drag her across the desert. And let's go to an inn, and let's just make sure that all the rooms are full. And let's make sure the innkeeper goes, well, I don't have a room, but I do have a stable. Are you kidding me? Do y'all wonder why people think we're, we've lost our mind? Because we believe this stuff. No wonder they think we're crazy. But we're really not crazy. We're in on a secret that they don't know. We just got to keep, we got to stop keeping the secret. We got to let it out. And this season is what this is about. Let's imagine this. The baby is born in a barn and laid in clothes, on straw, cows, camels. Behold the king of glory. And everybody knew it was him but the church. The shepherds knew it was him. The wise men knew it was him. Let's make sure he's born under great controversy. And then let's let Jesus, when he's grown, say really dumb things that just stupefy everyone. Dumbfound them. The Son of God came not to serve, but to be served, but to serve. Are you following? Are you tracking with me? I, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God Elohim Almighty have come not to be served, but to serve through the womb of a virgin in a nasty stable. And the king scoffed at me, but the poor and beggar rejoiced at my coming. For behold, a great light has come. And then he said other things. I've come to lay down my life in exchange for a people who don't deserve it and don't care. When asked if she would be the mother of Jesus, Mary, without hesitation, said yes. Yes to the scorn, yes to the controversy, yes to the pain, yes to the pain of her heart because she knew he would die. But her answer was an unwavering yes. I want to ask you as we close this year. How long is it going to, get, it's going to be for you to say yes? Why are you still here in 2021? Trying to dicker with God and bargain with him? When the most ridiculous thing he's asked you to do is love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you're still trying to argue with him over penny ante stupidity well if I really give my heart to Jesus I'll lose friends oh oh God love that baby 
If I really give my life to Jesus, I'll have to give up some stuff. <gasps> yeah, I don't know. Are you going to give up a throne? Are you going to give up the power to call angels to help you if you stub your toe against a rock? Are you giving up more than that? See, Jesus is not inviting you to give up anything that he hasn't given up a hundred thousand times more. He's not inviting you to do anything so difficult. And yet here in December, we're still bargaining. Well, God, I don't know. I think I could, but what if I, what if I don't appear to be cool? Wouldn't that be a pity? What if I have to humble myself? Oh, my, my. Well, let me help you that. Jesus don't know what it's like to have to humble yourself. Oh, really? He humbled himself to the cross. We're so religious. Born in a controversial, nasty place. Misunderstood from the day he was born. Did nothing but good. And died a criminal's death of great suffering. I've spent a year physically suffering. It's almost been a year. The first several months, I was whining. I'm a word of faith guy. I'm not supposed to get sick. About three months in, I said, Lord... I am healed. This thing is not going to control me. But while I'm here, while I'm in this suffering, while I'm in pain, I'm going to realize that I have a partner in it. Because you reveal yourself in suffering like no other place. And you know what it's like. So when you say, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, we're not talking about a God that's sitting on a throne with a white beard judging every thought you think and every move you make. We're talking about a Savior who's been in the dirt where you've been. That young lady who'd been homeless for 10 years, the Lord knows exactly what it's like to be homeless. He knows because the Bible said Jesus had no place to lay his head, not a home of his own. Jesus knows. That's why he came. So we couldn't have excuses for not following. Because he abolished all of them. We go, but Lord, he goes, been there, done that. But Lord, what if, been there, done that. But Lord, it will, been there, done that. What hinders you? Well, I've kept all the commandments since I was a child. All but one. Sell all you have and give to the poor. Was Jesus trying to get his money? No. He's trying to get his heart. Because where your money is, there your heart is also. <laughs> oh, this is, this is so. I'm almost finished. See, my sermons are longer when I don't prepare. No, I'm kidding. I usually write everything out, but I didn't feel like I should. Almost finished. Why did God, val- what, what on the world, on this earth, did God value so much? That he would pay such a cost for. Many of you today. Are in a test. We have walked through. The last few years in this nation. of I mean I've never seen a more confusing time. In all my life. We don't know. I mean the scientists don't know what science is. I mean. I, I, who do we believe? We're asked to believe Fauci. 
And then we've got 10 other doctors who disagree with Fauci. And then we've got six other ones that disagree with the other people who disagree with Fauci. Fauci, Fauci, Fauci. And we've changed the rules so many times like we've never had a pandemic. We've had them before. But I've never seen such a confusing time. And this test. And unfortunately, half of the church has failed it. Our church is half the size it was before the pandemic. I get it. You love to sit at home and have your coffee and sit in your PJs and enjoy the service. It's time to come back to church. It's time to come back to church. Because that ain't church at home because we need you here serving. Last Sunday, I was in such terrible pain. If I had not made myself to be dependent on, I would have called, I would have phoned it in. But you need to be so relied upon in the local body that you have something that has to be done you can't phone in. You need to quit being a perpetual visitor at Grace Church. You need to start buying in all the way. Serve. Get involved. Somebody says, I want to be a part of the music program. Well, if you're good, we'll put you in there. Okay? But we do other things besides music here. And this year, we're going to do a bunch more of outreaches. So we're going to get you plugged in. We need your help. But we're in a test. Right now, we're in a test. The Lord is testing our metal. We shouted and hollered and made a lot of noise in 2019. Now he's trying to find out if there's anything under it besides just noise. Mary had to agree to the test. She said yes. And that day that she said yes, the test began. Well, Mary passed her test, and now she's called blessed. She's called blessed. She took the scorn and laid her son in a grave and mourned like a mother should. See, God in human form, when Jesus walked the earth, he was susceptible to every human issue, every pain, every longing, every dread. Jesus chose to suffer through the human experience so that we would have a Savior who understands our troubles. Jesus, the Word, had a real body and real flesh so we would have confidence in His understanding to help us in our time of need. Jesus didn't need to go through all this, but look what Isaiah 53.3 says. He was despised. And rejected by men. Do you feel that way right now? A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised. And we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. Carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken. Smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded. For our transgressions. And he was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Jesus carried our sorrows. Jesus carried our grief. When you cry out in pain, he recognizes what that sounds like. When you're troubled and pressed out of shape, he knows what that feels like. Because in the garden, he couldn't get his his disciples to even pray with him for an hour. And he sweat blood. And on the cross, 
He turned to his father and said, why have you forsaken me? Because the first Christmas, the word, the way, the truth, the, this whole book is about Jesus. The Old Testament is about Jesus. Well, he's not in there. Oh, yeah, he's there. The tabernacle is about Jesus. Pentecost is about Jesus. The church is about Jesus. The return of Christ is about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. (laughs) He became flesh. On that first morning, whether it was in December or September, doesn't matter to me. Some of our carols have it wrong, snow and all that sort of thing. We took creative liberty. All I know is that first cry and that first breath that Jesus Christ took in the arms of his mother Mary. God stepped into our brokenness and said, I got a way for you to get out. So today, as I close... Whatever you're dealing with, there's a way out. Doesn't matter what it is. There's doesn't matter what it is. Whatever secret you're carrying, there's a way out. Oh, but if people knew my secret, they wouldn't love me. I know somebody who would. What if people really knew me, I would they would call me hopeless. Oh, you have no idea who you're sitting among right here. We are a bunch of wrecked and messed up sinners. But Jesus stepped in on the first Christmas day. And light came into the darkness. And the end of the enemy's reign began. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And not only did he take the keys of death, hell, and the grave, the dominion and the authority from Satan, but he didn't keep it for himself. He put it in your hands. And he said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Whatever, If you heal the sick, pray for them, I'll heal them. If you forgive the sinner, I'll forgive them. Whatever things you've seen me do, you'll do greater because I go to the Father. Oh, my, 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 my. And now here we are. At the end of what people are calling a pandemic, I don't care what it is. One thing after another, it's a fallen world. But guess what? I see a mighty light shining on the horizon. I see Emmanuel, God with us. I see the light of the world coming in and breaking into the darkness. I see him coming into the crackhead's house. And I see him turning his life around. I see those broken ones that have said the church is not for me. But the Son of God walking into their cell and saying, I'm here to bring liberty to you, the captive. I'm here to set you free from whatever demons have been eating on you. I'm here to restore your body, restore your mind, restore your health. Because I am the great I am. I am Lord of all, capable of all. Nothing is above me. Nothing more powerful. Great is the Lord. Let's stand.
Thanks for listening. For more information about Grace Church, you can visit us online at gracechurchnashville.com and find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gracechurchnash. Hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time.